Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H1B Guy here. And today, the H1B Guy Live, March 1st, 2022, for the H1B Lottery for fiscal year 2023 special edition. It is just a little after 12.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here in the U.S. on March 1st. 2022, and the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2023 has officially opened. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H-1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention the H-1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguide.com. Today's live stream is brought to you by Path to Canada and Syndesis, the ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain, and by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. Well, it's hard to believe we are now in the third iteration of the H-1B electronic selection submission application process. Um, all still under random selection, but for those of you who keep track of this kind of thing, uh, the electronic uh, H-1B lottery goes back to the Trump administration. Um, this is now the second year uh, under the Biden administration for U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services holding an electronic selection process um, using an electronic portal. The thing that we've talked about a good bit here on this platform and here on this channel um, is how, you know, the H-1B lottery in what it used to be, right, its previous form and what it currently is and how the process has changed the game completely on how H-1B visas are awarded. I will go back to my days of you know, 10 years of processing H-1B visas and looking at um, and working with not only uh, employers, but internally as well. Uh, this used to be an entirely manual process. And, and what I mean by that is it actually used to be April 1st. And so we're a month ahead of that because now what happens during this electronic selection period, April 1st is when the actual application period opens up. But way back when, many years ago, so three, four years ago, um, and even well before that, the entire paper petition had to be prepared in advance. And what, how we did it was we basically had everything signed off on. All of the documents are signed off on, um, all the I-129s, the supplemental forms, Hs, Gs, all of that, the G-28s, everything that, that, that goes along with that. And you would have it ready in a FedEx envelope and overnight it to USCIS. 
uh, with a tracking number, literally overnight, 24-hour tracking number, so that we knew that that paper petition was in USCIS's hands on April 1st. And once we got the confirmation of receipt, we knew that they had received it. The interesting thing about how that would happen is sometimes you would hear about individuals being selected pretty early on, like end of April and sometimes into May. But I had situations where individuals were selected as far out as June or July, meaning we were notified. And how you'd know if it was still a possibility of an individual being selected is that the check, meaning a physical check that employers write to USCIS would be cashed. And so really interesting to see how this has changed completely, how the H-1B lottery is held, um, how the selection process happens, because during the paper selection period, it was still random. But within a matter of 72 hours or so, USCIS would notify all employers that they've received enough applications um, and that they would no longer be accepting any applications that would be, be received after a specific date, typically like April 5th or April 7th. Um, but now what we have is April 1st, noon of April for, or of excuse me, noon of March 1st, 2022. Um, we have the portal, the electronic portal opening so that those pre-registrants now are in the electronic portal. And that any individuals who are seeking sponsorship or employers who are seeking to sponsor an individual um, have until per USCIS March 18th to complete the electronic submission period. And so what that does now is, is give employers and individuals some time to get that in. It isn't just a, a, an absolute cutoff. So everyone has until March 18th to get your name in. It isn't like there's a benefit to being first in line because it's a random electronic selection. Um, so the good news here is, is that you do have some time if your name hasn't been submitted today, but you definitely want to be working with your employer to make sure that they know that your name needs to be in that portal by March 18th. And I would say before noon on March 18th. What we also know is that once that selection period happens after March 18th, individuals will be notified um, with that paper electronic portal most likely opening up beginning on April 1st. And as I've calculated, if it runs for 90 days, it would run through June 30th. And if we continue to look at the timelines associated with that, that then leads me to believe that if we look at the pattern, the historical um, data that, that's happened now um, in the previous two electronic lotteries, somewhere towards the end of July, um, the probability of a second electronic selection lottery being held for fiscal year 2023 um, is, is pre pretty high. I think it has a pretty high probability. Uh, so this is where the electronic selection process, the amount of individuals whose names are going into that portal and the subsequent second. And as we saw this past year, third lotteries that have occurred has really changed the entire way the H-1B lottery works. Um, for those of you who are not familiar, of course, the portal works in this sense. There are 65,000 H-1B visas that are available for individuals with a foreign national degree. Um, and then there are 20,000 uh, visas available for advanced U.S. masters. So those are individuals who have come to the U.S. and gotten a master's degree, um, and they're eligible in that advanced category. So you have 85,000 visas that are up for grabs. 
I've talked about it many, many times, and, and that is the value of the H-1B literally has never been higher. We continue to see demand um, really, you know, in the hundreds of thousands for, for H-1B visas. Now, the question becomes, what's the realistic demand versus what's the inflated demand? And we'll talk about that a little bit more. Um, but I just wanted to thank everyone who's taken time here to join me here on your lunch break on the East Coast. Or if you're still having coffee on the West Coast, thank you so much for, for taking time. If you're joining me from somewhere else around the world, I'd love for you to drop in the chat. Where are you watching from right now? Um, and and want to get to your H-1B stories, your lottery stories, how many times you've been submitted, if you've been selected, if you've been rejected. If you drop those in the chat, I would love to hear from you. We'll cover those towards the end. If you're not already subscribed to the H-1B Guy channel here on YouTube, please make sure to go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we do live streams like I am here today on March 1st, um, or we post new content here to this channel. Uh, spoiler, be on the lookout for another post from me later this afternoon. Um, if you're looking for ways that you can support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so through um, the Super Chat function here on YouTube, or if you're watching this at a later date. Uh, and you would like to help support what we do here on the H1B Guy platform, uh, you can do so through uh, buymeacoffee.com slash the H1B Guy, or there's other details to which you can be a producer of the H1B Guy platform. Um, so I see, hey, Sophie, I see Canada showing up, Sacramento, California um, from Hirishu. Nice to see you guys. Thank you so much for, for taking the time to, to jump in here today. Um, really appreciate your continued support. This is a very exciting time for you um, who are being submitted into to the portal. There's a lot of hope that surrounds what's going on here. Um, this is your path to opportunity. And I think a lot of times the H-1B comes with a negative connotation. Uh, you hear a lot of cheap labor, um, uh, age discrimination going on surrounding the H-1B lottery. I don't look at it that way because I can tell you that the talent gap and the skills demand only continues to widen. Several of my clients that I'm working with now are in one of the biggest fights they've ever seen for talent. The demand only continues to grow. Um, there were a few articles that have been posted recently on LinkedIn that talked about um, did all of the baby boomers just simply retire? Uh, so we continue to see over and over um, the, 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 the overall human capital, uh, the workforce shrinking and the demand on talent continues to grow. Um, it's really just it's so fascinating to watch. Um, there's a few uh, job analytics individuals that I've been following, and you look at the steep drop-off that's going to happen um, by 2030 as it relates to the overall workforce, and it's very scary times that we're operating with here in the U.S., and that's where the H-1B visa and this H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2023 comes into play, is it helps supplement and us to fulfill um, some of these high-skilled, very high-demand specialty occupations, specifically in STEM, is what we focus on a lot here on this channel. We also talk about medical professionals as well. Um, so the really, you know, this is the beginning. This is the tip, if you will, the entry point for um, thousands of individuals. So what I want to do now is estimate how many electronic submissions I think will be received uh, for fiscal year 2023. Um, Yash, you were asking me to answer this question, so I would love to. 
Hello, any predictions on metrics for H1B 2023? That's a great question, Yash, and I absolutely plan to cover it. Uh, last year, I drastically underestimated the demand that was in play um, for the H1B visa. I was still on the back of, of the COVID train of, of 2020 leading into 2021, seeing that the hiring still hadn't picked up, but boy, did it explode starting in March, April, May of 2021. And the job demand and the, the job orders that are coming at staffing professionals from all over are just extremely high right now. Uh, but to answer your question, Yash, I believe that we're going to see at least 310,000 individual names put in the electronic portal for the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2023. Now, let me clarify that, though. That doesn't mean it's 310,000 unique names. It means that 310,000 total submissions from employers because individuals like many of you who are watching have the option of having multiple employers submit your name in the electronic portal. The caveat, though, is if two employers, if your name is selected by two different employers for approval, only one employer can submit your physical petition. The first one that gets you in is uh, has the, the right. Any others after that are automatically rejected. So while you as the individual can have multiple employers submit your name into this electronic portal, you can only have one employer submit an actual physical application, paper application, if you're selected. And the other caveat to that is if multiple employers are selected, yet only one decides to submit your name and you're not currently working for them and you don't plan to work for them, that visa cannot be transferred. So a lot of these issues of, of what created the demand around, um, you know, the multiple lotteries that we've seen in play. But again, you know, Yash, just to kind of answer your question, I'm anticipating 310,000 applications via the electronic portal, not the physical paper petition, but just names submitted by employers into the portal. So what does that mean as we look at revenue that's created from this uh, for USCIS for the fiscal year 2023 lottery? And to me, when you start to look at the revenue that's created around this, it's pretty simple math, right? Uh, $10 non-refundable fee, estimating 310,000 names submitted into the portal, is revenue of $3.1 million, $3.1 million. So again, we're back to the value of the H-1B has never been higher for USCIS alone and holding an electronic um, H-1B lottery and opening a portal that, that accepts a $10 non-refundable fee. You're looking at at least $3.1 million, okay? in revenue that's instantly created literally in a 17-day span for USCIS. Remember earlier I was talking about how we used to submit actual physical paper petitions, right? And what that created was an expense not only for employers, 
because we had the FedEx overnight expense. We had the legal fees up front associated with attorneys. We also were writing checks for the filing fees, the USCIS, and including those in the entire petition. What happened is when you weren't selected, your 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 employer your employee wasn't selected. USCIS then would return the petition and the check. So there was a mailing, a postage expense associated with that. And after the first electronic lottery, USCIS, I believe, estimated that it was almost a two to three million dollar savings and expenses by not having to have the return postage um, on unaccepted applications and uncashed checks. So again, if you combine, let's say it's $2 million in expenses that they save, plus a $3.1 million revenue generator that's created. And I'm not talking about the filing fees at all. I'm only referring to the non-refundable $10 fee. So they're saving roughly $2 million in expenses. They're $3.1 million in revenue. Okay, so now you're at roughly $5.1 million. As we start to look at the application fees associated with that, and you say $85,000, and you look at the expense roughly to file is somewhere around $3,500, okay? You're now in the ballpark of $8-plus that the H-1B lottery is worth in revenue alone to USCIS. It's pretty staggering numbers. And again, it goes back to that value. The value of the H-1B has never been higher. It's never been higher for employers. It's never been higher for individuals. And it's never been higher for USCIS. So it's pretty staggering as we begin to look at, at these revenue numbers and, and uh, the overall totality of them. Taking away the, the expenses, looking at the revenue from just the, the non-refundable $10 fee, and then looking at the revenue from uh, the, the filing fees that are associated with an application that is selected. would like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube. Uh, like this video if you haven't already. would really appreciate your support there. And click the bell for notifications uh, so that you're notified anytime we go live like we have here today on March 1st. Um, or we post new content here to this channel so that you're notified um, anytime a new post goes up. I just want to say, say thank you to everyone who's taken time to join me here during your lunch break or your coffee first thing. Uh, for those of you that are that are checking me out from halfway around the world, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. I know several of you have dropped, uh, dropped in the chat where you're watching from. If there's any others out there, please feel free. Uh, drop it in the chat where you're watching from, and, and we'll get to that towards the, uh, the end of the conversation here today. So let's come back to probability, right? As an employer, I'm interested in what is the probability of my employee being selected, okay? And so we can go back and look at uh, some data over the last two years and begin to draw some conclusions. Um, so if we go back to the first electronic uh, lottery that was held for fiscal year 2021, uh, there were a little, over 275,000 uh, names that were submitted into the electronic portal. And that was just above a 30% probability, 31% probability um, of being selected. If we look at this past year, so fiscal year 2022, we had 308,000. And that was on the higher end of 27, 
uh, as I've estimated now, 310,000 roughly. Um, I, I expect that the probability will, again, be somewhere around 27%. So literally, anyone whose name is going into this portal, right now I can look at you and say you have a one in four shot of being selected. Uh, and that is really interesting when you look at the numbers. And again, it goes back to that 65,000 pool and that 20,000 pool. And where are your odds increased? Uh, we've seen a lot of demand on the advanced master's degree side. Um, and I've, I've even um, speculated that there could be a possibility at some point in the next couple of years of that side of the H-1B lottery seeing some increases in the overall allotment. Uh, but what do you guys think about a 27% probability? I'm sure it's a risk that you're willing to take. I know it's a risk that employers are willing to take. Uh, and, and I honestly believe that we're going to continue to see these percentages hover around, you know, 25 to 30%, as long as there is a $10 non-refundable fee surrounding random electronic selection. Another question that I get asked a lot um, about this particular lottery coming up, because we've seen the trends over the last couple of years, is, is do I believe um, that there will be more than one uh, electronic lottery selection held uh, for fiscal year 2023. And I think if we look at kind of the historical patterns of the last two years, I think that answer is yes. Um, I think there's a very high probability that a second lottery will be held sometime in July, probably towards the end of July, sometime after July 15th of 2022. Uh, the reason why I say that is, is if we look at some of the data surrounding application rates from those selected uh, from the first lottery to the second lottery, again, those numbers have hovered around 70, 75 percent response rate. Uh, the second lottery for last year was 40 percent, which then created a third lottery. Um, but USCIS announced yesterday uh, that a fourth lottery was not held. Um, I was receiving some reports on Sunday that individuals were being notified, but unfortunately the individuals that were being notified were being notified of non-selection. Uh, and I think that is a, a, a situation where they were looking to give the individual and the employer um, at least a day notice to get their name in the electronic portal starting today. Um, so hopefully for those of you that got a non-selection notification, uh, your employer was was willing and able to get your name into the lottery for fiscal year 2023. Uh, but again, if if I'm going out on a limb here, you know, I don't think it's 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 a, it's a big stretch or a big reach for me to say that I'm pretty confident that there will at least be two. Whether or not there will be a third, I think it was uh, still to be determined um, as we continue continue to see the staffing trends and demand um, and really we'll continue to smell out who's real and, and who's not um, as it relates to duplicate submissions of individuals by multiple employers. Uh, so I think that that's why you're seeing some of the inflation of the numbers, uh, that 308,000, 310,000, as, as you hear me mention earlier. Um, but we'll continue to watch this and, of course, monitor it. Again, those who are selected will be notified sometime after March 18th with the electronic um, lottery wrapping up on March 18th. And then employers then will have, beginning on April 1st, the opportunity to submit the physical paper petition with the subsequent filing fees. 
um, up until most likely June 30th. So there'll be 90 days, I, I would assume, around that window of time. Um, that would then put us right into 4th of July holiday, giving USCIS roughly a few weeks to determine um, if a second lottery will need to be held. And then my guess is, is that we'll receive some sort of notification sometime after July 15th of 2022 uh, as it relates to the necessity for USCIS to hold a second lottery. So just wanted to ask you again, uh, if you haven't already, please like this video. Make sure that you're subscribed to the H1B Guide channel here on YouTube. Click the bell for notifications. If you're looking for ways you can support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so through the Super Chat function here on YouTube. Or if you're watching or listening to this at a later date um, via YouTube or the H1B Guy podcast, uh, you can support this platform via buymeacoffee.com slash the H1B Guy. There's also some other information to do so to support this channel and platform um, in the video description below. Um, so those of you who are still out there, if you haven't already, where are you watching from? Would love to hear some of your H-1B stories. If you'll drop those in the chat, I'd love the chance to uh, to, to conversate with you around um, what you have going on right now. I don't want to talk about any visa bulletin right now. Um, look for a post for me this afternoon on that. Um, and, and we'll do a live stream maybe sometime next week where we can catch up on the visa bulletin and, and talk about what you think I got wrong uh, or what you think I have right. Um, so, hey, um, hey, Sophie, I already called you out being in Canada. Nice to see you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, hey, uh, cut. Chevy, I will, if you'll join me next Wednesday, most likely being a, doing another stream probably sometime in the afternoon, um, and we can talk about the Visa Bulletin in more length then. Hey, Yogesh, thank you. You haven't missed a live stream in quite some time, my friend. I really appreciate your continued support. Um, thank you so much for doing so. You want to know if your H-1B petition was submitted January 26, 2022, how long will it take for approval? Um, I'm assuming that you were filed in regular processing. Um, so that could take up to six months. Um, if it was filed in premium, of course, you should already have had an answer. But my guess is it probably was filed in regular processing. So you're looking at up to 180 days. Um, of course, I'm assuming you're constantly checking um, USCIS receipt number and seeing if there's any updates on your case. Uh, but keep me posted. Um, I know you join me here a, a lot, so I'd love to know when it does happen. But, you know, 180 days from, you know, January 26th of February, March, April, May, June, July. Hopefully by the end of July, you should have an approval. Um, and then that would maybe give you some time to get a consulate appointment. And then you're probably looking at entry uh, sometime after October 1st of 2022, even though this was last year's lottery. Pretty crazy. Hey, uh, Harushu, thank you for joining me from California. Sophie, here's your, 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 oh, it doesn't show the flag. It just says CA Canada. I see that. Hey, Princey, thanks for watching from New York. I really appreciate it. Um, Sophie asked about when do I think submission for EB2 NIW uh, online submission? When do I think that'll happen? I really don't know. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I, the, the fact is they have the capabilities to accept 
uh, visa forms via electronic selection. The question is, is when are they going to open it up? Hey, Nawal, watching from India, halfway around the world, my friend. Thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, really appreciate it. Hey, Senyam, how are you? Watching from Michigan. Last year, I was selecting a second lottery, but never received a notification from USCS. As a result, missed the filing period, hoping to get selected now. It's my last time. Yeah, you're one of those 40%, right? You look at, or 60%. Um, the second lottery for fiscal year 2022 only had a 40% response rate. It's pretty crazy if you think about it. That's, that's what, two out of every five? that were selected actually submitted an actual physical application. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I don't know if your employer is working with an attorney or not, but I would be asking them why they weren't notified and why they didn't reach out to their, uh, their liaison. That would be something that, that would be upsetting to me. I know it's frustrating for you. Hey, Srinivas, watching from India. Thank you so much for jumping in. I know it's uh, later in the evening there. So, um, Thanks for joining the stream. This is what it is. It's all about community. Best wishes to you from Harushu to, to, to Sanyam. Um, yes, no problem. Happy to answer that question. I definitely plan to, uh, to cover it as well. Any idea how this computer selection works and what are the chances for getting picked up? Yeah, so I think to me, you know, there's definitely an algorithm to it. And what does that algorithm mean and what it looked like? Well, there's there's only so many individuals that are fully aware of it. But I would look at it just like a random lottery, right? Like your name is assigned a number on a ball. And it is just spun up. And what comes out? What comes out? What comes out, right? So it's it's all digital, right? So there's an algorithm to, you know, maybe it's every other fourth case is selected. Um, it is supposedly truly random. So what that means to you is that hopefully your odds, that 27% that we talked about, are just the same as any other individual whose name is going into the, the portal. Hey, Efren, nice to see you watching from Jacksonville. Hopefully I'll be selected in the 2023 cap. Fingers crossed. Yep. Not far from where I grew up, Ephraim. I grew up about an hour north on the Georgia coast. Um, I have family and many friends in Jacksonville and have spent a lot of time there. Um, humid, but uh, a, a great little financial town um, with a lot going on, a great quality of life. So thank you so much. Fingers crossed for you being selected. Can an employee check the status of lottery of being selected or only employer can check the status? Yeah, it's typically on the employer side, but you, the individual, should have a MyUSCIS account where you can be you can see if you're selected or not. Um, so I'm not sure if you have an individual account or not, but you want to make sure that you do. Typically, your employer or their attorney is going to be notified before you are, but you should be able to track this via your MyUSCIS account. Hey, Pablo, uh, when do I think we'll get to know if we got approved for H-1B into March? Yeah, so I think your window, let me pull up the calendar just to, to make sure I, I tell you exactly right, because the 18th is the last day, um, which is a Friday. So I think notifications would most likely be going out on Saturday, maybe Sunday. So 19th, 20th, 21st, 
But I would say if you have not been notified by maybe the 28th, you probably were not selected. Um, April 1st is a Friday this year. So I think they're going to try to give at least a week or more notice. Uh, but if I were to have a, a guess, I'd say anywhere between the 19th to the 21st, individuals who are selected would most likely be notified but it could bleed a little bit into that week. So the 22nd or 23rd, but if you haven't heard anything by the 28th, most likely we're not selected. Hi Chundi. Um, thanks for joining me today from India. Really appreciate it. Wanted to know more information about multiple petitions from different companies about recent rules from USCIS. Yeah. So what this is, is an attestation. Okay. Meaning that, the employer is saying that they are only sponsoring you the individual once. The individual still has options that multiple employers submit their name into the electronic portal, but this is for the employer side. Um, and really it's trying to circumvent fraud. So it's, it's from me as the employer submitting your name three different times. Um, and that's where the attestation is coming into play. What's the probability for regular Indian IT consulting guy getting an RFE after lottery selection? You know, that's a great question. You, if you look at some of the numbers, as I've covered uh, pretty recently, um, you know, the approval, the approval data that's out there. I mean, it was very, very high when you start to look at, um, at some of the approval data out there. Um, it was what mid 90%, I believe when, when I was calculating it pretty recently. Uh, let me see if I can find that really quickly. Yeah. So here you go. Denial rates for new H1B employment, um, for fiscal year, 2021, um, was 4%. And when you look at the top five employers for initial H-1B employer or initial H-1B employment, okay, um, emphasis, TCS, Wipro, Cognizant, two, three, four, and five. Denial rates, okay, denial rates, 4%. So that's a 96% approval rate. Um, I did not look at the data for actual RFEs, but if I were to say, you know, let, let's say 10% of every case is selected for RFE, um, you know, again, where does that, that put you in probability? That would be one in 10 of the top, you know, two through five who are currently at a 90% approval rating. Um, so I think the probability is probably around 10% of you being selected for an RFE guru. Um, but great question. Sanyam says the lawyer had raised a complaint file with the Obunsman office. And right now it says that some analyst is looking into it. We never heard back from USCIS. Maybe you have a case. Um, I hope you do. I do. I hope you do. Uh, but keep me posted on that and, and let me know how that works out for you, Sanyam. Um, I think you may have a case. Efren asked the salary factor in when random selection. No, that was the big push last year, right? That wage-based selection that was ultimately, um, you know, delayed by the Biden administration. A lawsuit was filed. It was found to be unlawful. 
Um, and ultimately, towards the end of 2021, the Biden administration dropped it as a whole. So right now, it's just purely random. You can make $14 an hour, or you can make $400,000 an hour. You have the same um, uh, probability as the individual standing next to you. So you're saying my case was selected in the second lottery and the case changed after third lottery stating you were selected in previous lottery. Yeah, they, they had your name and we're waiting on your application. That's pretty crazy. Um, what's the total cost of fees for H1B petition filing once the case gets picked up? Yeah, this cost has gone up immensely. Um, it, it's it's pretty crazy. Uh, the client is asking for 500 for initial H1B registration process. And once the case gets selected, then 4,000. Can you please give me your feedback on this? Thanks, H1B guy. Also, what's the expected number of petitions this year and what can be probability of picking in the lottery? Okay. Um, so I'm going to go back to data here. So data, if your employer is asking you to pay any money for an H1B visa, they're doing so illegally. Period. You should never pay your employer one dime to submit your name in the H-1B lottery. The only time they can actually charge you is for your dependents. So H-4 dependents, and that's it. Okay? Otherwise, it's their responsibility to pay the legal and filing fees of the application process on your behalf. So I want to make that very clear. If they're asking you to pay anything to them, it's illegal. It is the responsibility of the employer. Okay, to ask to answer your question before that, though, what's the total cost? If you're using an attorney right now, new cost anywhere between fifty five hundred to seventy five hundred dollars. Thousands and thousands of dollars, legal fees, filing fees, preparation fees. I'd estimate closer to that seventy five hundred right now. Fifty five hundred is a little bit of an older number. And if there's in-house counsel, it does change some of that cost. But anywhere between 5,500 to 7,500, closer to the 7,500. But again, if your employer is asking you to pay a dime for your H-1B visa in the lottery, they're doing so illegally. Even if they're charging it back through payroll deduction. Hey, Chundi, thanks. Uh, what's the expected number um, of petitions? I wanted to get back to this probability of being picked up in the lottery. So I'm expecting around 310,000 this year, um, which is about 2K more than what we saw last year. And I'm expecting the probability to be somewhere around 27%. So roughly one in four. Sonia, last question. If I get in the pool again this March, will my previous case with the abundsman office be closed? It probably would not. Um, most likely if there was an error on their end, you may be able to, to work under the, the 2022. Um, I'm hoping so, but, uh, yeah, keep me posted on this. I'm really interested to see how this plays out for you, but if I'm you and working with your employer right now, I'm making sure that your name goes into that portal so that you've got the probability. And if you're selected and they say you still have a pending case from last year, then we've got to get an attorney in, involved and they've got to be reaching out to their uh, USCIS liaison. It's just what has to happen here for you. Uh, wanted to ask you all again one last time. If you haven't already, please like this video, subscribe to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube, click the bell for notifications so that you're notified anytime we post new content here to this channel or we go live like we have here today on March 1st. 
the first day of the H-1B lottery electronic selection portal opening for fiscal year 2023, which opened today at noon. And that's noon Eastern Standard Time. Um, the lottery then is slated to close on March 18th. Um, so roughly gives you 17 days. If you haven't already, 17 days to have your employer put your name into the electronic portal. Again, if you're looking for someone to sponsor you, you have options. Uh, you can have multiple employers submit your name, but only one can file the actual physical paper petition. If you have any other questions or comments, please feel free to, to drop those in the chat. I'm going to go for a couple more minutes here, and then I'm going to wrap up here this afternoon. Um, I just wanted to thank everyone who's taken the time to drop a question or a comment. Really appreciate you all taking the time to join in here with me today. Um, I did want to mention a couple of things. I want to just mention again our sponsors, Path to Canada and Syndesis. If for some reason your H-1B is not picked up in this year's lottery, on April 8th, I'm going to be doing a live stream um, with my good friend Mark Pavlopoulos uh, from Path to Canada and Syndesis, as well as Daniel Mandelbaum, a Canadian immigration attorney. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that process. If you're not selected, if you're facing an H-1B denial, if your OPT is going to expire um, and you're not in a cap gap situation. Um, so that's April the 8th. Be on the lookout for that. Um I'm also uh, working with and uh, affiliated now. Uh, again, you've seen the, uh, my friend uh, Daniel Botero on the channel before uh, with Mastering College to Career. Um, I'm going to be doing a monthly webinar series with Daniel. Um, that is actually going to be tomorrow night. And if you're interested in registering for that, please make sure you can reach out to me directly. Um, and I'll share that link for registration with you if you're interested in joining. And we're going to be talking about um, transitioning from OPT into H-1B and how do we work with employers in doing so? And how can you as a candidate and an individual make sure that your employer fully understands um, your situation and the sponsorship that's going to be required for you? Hey, Lakendra, any best practices while filing and reviewing H-1B application form? Yeah, make sure that everything is spelled correctly, the dates are right, and that you're signed and sealed. It's my best advice. Like, literally overanalyze it. Make sure that there's no misspellings, there's no numbers wrong, everything's right in terms of your personal identifications, okay? So you're asking if we get two petitions selected, only one can submit your, your overall application. You can only have one. Uh, your wife's on J1, you're on J2. If I'm approved with H&B, can my, my wife still work as an H1B dependent? No. She'll be an H4 with no work authorization, unfortunately. Can you go ahead? Uh, no, you, you can only have one individual submit you, Chundi. So make, make sure um, that if you do have multiple employers that, that are submitting your name and they're both selected, you need to make sure that you're very direct with who you want to submit. Because if you have two, anyone, if the second one's the one that you want, but the an, the other employers put your name in first, that will have, that will supersede any other applications that follow after that. Absolutely, Lakendra. Thank you so much. I, I'm 
sure that you will overanalyze it, but I don't want you to make yourself crazy over it. My point is that really you're looking for spelling mistakes, your legal name, your name on your passport, passport numbers, date of birth, things like that. Those are the things that we're looking for. Uh, position title, compensation, those all things kind of are, are, are secondary in, in the process. But I wanted to thank you all again. Um, today is the H1B Guy Live, March 1st, 2022, H1B Lottery 2023 Special Edition. Um, a little under a year ago on March 9th of last year, I held a similar live stream, which was very popular. And I really appreciate all of your support, um, encouragement in doing these live streams. Thank you so much for those of you who continue to be regulars here. Um, I continue to try to, to do my best to, to have these times that work for everyone. Uh, but I'm in East Coast time here in the U.S., so it does present its own set of challenges. Um Lakendra asks, does our probability increase if we get two sponsors? Why wouldn't it, right? You've got two chances. But only one can submit your physical paper petition. Just remember that. And that's where the issues can come into play. Um, if you're a permanent employee working for somebody and, and you know, I, I wouldn't be out shopping it. But if you're looking for, you know, an employer who is willing to sponsor you and you want to increase your chances, yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's why you see 308000 last year. And as I'm anticipating 310,000 for this year. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, Guru has one last thing and this will be it. I'll, I'll, Guru, you're going to close this out. Thanks for your guidance. I just have three years of work experience with a bachelor's degree in a somewhat related field of job. Do I stand a chance uh, to get clear RFE if I get one? As long as your role is in line with your experience and degree and the job requirements are three years and a bachelor's degree, then I would be comfortable. Um, remember that it really is the bachelor's in five years is for the green card, right? That's the biggest thing when we look at, at requirements. But the biggest thing is make sure that your degree, your work experience is in line with the role that's being offered to you. Absolutely, Chundi. I try to do them almost every Wednesday, but at least twice a month. So check back next Wednesday, probably around 2 p.m. Eastern, and we'll be back at it. Sachin, if we don't get selected in this H1B lottery, do we manually need to apply again for lottery if second round happens again, or will it be automated? Yeah, it's automated. So they basically take the pool of names that were submitted between March 1st to March 18th. Um, those that weren't selected the first time and those who were, were selected that didn't apply, they're out. So any of the initial 85,000 are out and they'll take the pool of whatever is remaining and then award whatever allotment that they have. So it's, it's all automated. But again, thank you all so much for your questions, your comments. For those of you joining me from around the world, uh, multiple countries were, were mentioned here today. Thank you so much for your continued support. Um, I wanted to let everyone know that today's live stream was brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada, the audio plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. If you want to find out if you qualify, please be sure to use the link in the video description below and someone from Syndesis and Path to Canada will be in touch. And as I mentioned, April 8th, uh, Mark Pavlopoulos from 
Path to Canada and Syndesis, as well as Daniel Mandelbaum, Canadian immigration attorney, will be joining me live here on this channel. And also by my good friend Carl Ballsmeyer at perm-ads.com, um, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm-ads.com help you. And tell them the H1B guy sent you too. For those of you who have made it this far, I just want to say thank you for your support. I really appreciate it. I can't do this without you. Make sure you like this video. Make sure you're subscribed to the H1B Guy channel here on YouTube. And to all of you who are going into the lottery today or over the next several days, I wish you nothing but good luck and success as you pursue an opportunity here in the U.S. I'm Robert. I'm the H1B Guy, your global source for all things H1B.